0: All right, we on. You check, watching check. Uh, a little Lawrence Welk? Lawrence Welk. There's a blast from the past. Do you remember Lawrence Welk? I remember the name. What was yeah. he... Uh, what did he do? What, what he, show was that? Was but, it like... Um... It was the Lawrence Welk show. But it was... Uh, he was uh, like an orchestra leader. And he was... I believe he was Austrian. But he would always... He would start start out, you know, we'd like to do a, a little tune for you. And, and then he'd go, a one and a two and a three. Look him up. You you did him almost dead on. You didn't even know it. I didn't. I thought, um, for some reason, I
1: thought Lawrence Welk.
0: What a show. Nope, nope, not who I was thinking of. You were thinking of... Lawrence Fishburne. (laughs) 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 Easy, easy mistake. Lawrence of Arabia.
1: I've got an editorial that I was thinking about doing. Oh, really? That you you were going to write an, old, an editorial? An old no, an old editorial oh. by your your good old buddy
0: Paul Zamoulis. Ah. I have a lot of buddies. These... I notice I have a lot of old buddies. <laughs> <laughs> and then I
1: do have this uh very short piece
0: about the peace and the beauty of the reef. Yeah. If you're looking for a reaction from me, I it's just uh yeah. I'm always uh surprised that, you know, when I think oh it's going to be kind of mundane and the travel agent pitch and
1: and the next thing you know you're like it's, wow that was a good that yeah, was, it was good pretty pick. good
0: exactly that's why I hesitate to make any remarks that might discourage this effort but immediately when somebody says you know oh the the reef we're going to talk about the serenity of the reef I'm like wow okay but wake me up when we're done all right then that uh that settles that one <laughs> oh, No, oh no, no. <laughs> don't I'm just telling you <laughs> <laughs> no, this no i'm just telling you how uh you know i look at it that doesn't mean i'm right i mean I'm, I'm always open for new stuff so i liked our how you can make any dive into an interesting dive and it's all just how you approach it or being willing right, and yeah. open to experience it but me too I, lo- I love all that stuff too but uh we can do the reef thing i might that might be an awesome one I'm trying to think you know, we get a lot of requests for like prepping for dives and and the equipment aspects of diving and um just the actual nuts and bolts of diving versus the experiencing of yeah. diving. Oh, even the the photography stuff is a lot of nuts and bolts stuff and and learning to work with light and stuff versus experiencing it. So we we've been doing a lot of experiencing things. Maybe we even it out, you know, level it out with a little nuts and bolts of diving.
1: Well, that's kind of along the lines of where I have
0: the editorial that I wanted to bring up. Okay, perfect. Maybe we could talk, you know, maybe not today, but the coming weeks. You know, all of the, I don't know, if you want to call them meme ideas in the scuba community. You know, the shearwater water thing, the snorkeling thing, the split fin thing where did they come from and why are they so prevalent we could talk about that a bit how does that come about for the newer divers who you see them ask these silly questions on the forums if i get a should i get a shearwater if uh will that make me blah 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 and yeah i mean this would be more of us going off top of our head from our experience in the community is you know where did this whole if you want to call it a meme, this whole Shearwater thing came from, come from why the anti-snorkeling rhetoric versus the snorkelers, and why split fins are so horrid. And as far as not the science so much as the movement, you know, the, the people hating them. I, don't know, I wonder if we have any other. Uh, yeah, examples, yeah. So,
1: I, I like that. Let's hit that next week. In fact, okay. I'm gonna put, I'll put that together. I like that a lot.
0: I'll let You know what we could do is make it like the most common questions we see over and over on the forums or Facebook pages or the social media. The most common questions from newer divers on the uh, social media. Again, it's the shearwater, water. It's the snorkels. It's split fins. It's well,
1: it's everybody goes e-fog. to social media to find their answers. There's a perfect uh, topic but, right there. But there's been 10,000 people that have asked that same question and went to that same place for that same answer. And, and nobody's thread got, after yeah. thread yeah. after thread after thread of the same discussion, yet people keep going there instead of a place where they can actually get the information and retain it. Okay, we're going to do... Um, we need to hit up Facebook and the the good old scuba board, and uh, Let's look at Dico f- stuff, we'll, we'll fi- and uh, yeah, we'll find a couple of the most common. Que-
0: oh yeah, see, questions. that's exactly what I was thinking right there. We take a look at the and we'll, forums, and yeah,
1: well, like why, why are people, why do people still go here? Yeah, because they f- either they feel they can't get the right answer somewhere else, right. Or they
0: don't want to accept the answer they're getting somewhere else. Very well, could be. I mean, that's a psychological thing, right there. Where, yeah, yeah. If you you already have an answer in your head, you look around enough, you're going you're going to find your answer you wanted. You know, so and so said this, and, but uh, <laughs> the I think the topic is great because it's the same questions, James. It's the right. same. I want you. You know, I'll, I'll take a look too, but I want us to really look at the dates that the questions are being, being asked, because if we can get back in those archives from 20 years ago, you'd be like, these are the exact same questions over and over. You know, how do I defog my mask? P-fog. P-fog. That was the birth impetus for P-fog. <laughs> the the reason P-fog came about is because... Why for, is this still a question? Yeah, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Yeah, it's on the first page of every single scuba scuba manual. <laughs> <laughs> why is this even a question? Because a they either don't read or they don't follow directions or.
1: Well, you know why? Because well, the the, the majority of people just want to they, they want to take the class and they just want it to be done for them so they can go see the site and say they've been on the shipwreck, say they've seen the shark. Yeah and have all the glory without any of the work. And part of me I I guess I can see that. You know, when when I venture into something new like but
0: at the same time it's the it's that work and the journey that makes it all worthwhile. Right, I was going to say that that I want the t-shirt without doing the work viewpoint is a very young. It's very you know, not like I'm Mr. Maturity, but that little motivation for getting into scuba diving lasted for, I don't know, for me, it was it was never really there. I just always wanted to be underwater. But I can see how people go, I want to go dive that wreck, and they will do whatever just to ha- have their card to go do that wreck. And not really get focused on the art of diving, if you will, the joy of diving, the pleasure of diving.
1: Right, they're on the, the. There's a difference between that thrill seeker mentality,
0: yeah, and um, the, the
1: the art of the endeavor mentality. And I think the, the the issue is the thrill seeker mentality. Once you've had that,
0: right, you've lost, you know, urge.
1: dopamine rush of yeah. of being there. It dies off, and then you're like, mm. oh, I need to find something else to do. That's it, right? I I hacked my way you know, through this dive onto this wreck,
0: I got this picture of me there. All right, let's go do something different now. Yeah. Because I mean, you didn't put the work in. Right. You can wear the t-shirt because you did it, but did you do it well? Did you really experience it? I mean, et cetera, et cetera. You get I, guess you, could, I guess
1: you could make this argument with somebody that buys a $2,000 camera that's everything's all in automatic and they get a lucky amazing image but they really don't know yeah. how they yeah. got the image right they couldn't recreate the same image in the manual mode that they luckily got on a right automatic shot right um, i guess it's why you know you, you go to something like a
0: guitar mm-hmm. you know you need to spend countless right at this you point know, uh, you know, I mean, they're trying to digitize it, right? Guitar Hero is <laughs> right, everybody right. can you know get out and yeah, play. Yeah, when you can game. just get up
1: there and you can play, you
0: know, like Eddie Van Halen digitally. Right. right. I get this goes to a really deep question, I mean, with what's going on, where's society going where Technology is replacing the journey. Technology is replacing the real reward for anything that requires diligent work. Technology is replacing it.
1: Well, yeah. So, I mean, but there's people, there are some people, and I think we are getting smaller and smaller in number, that that appreciate the work
0: and don't want to just buy the technology to, to take you somewhere that's again I think those people realize it's the journey not the destination it's it's the trip not the fucking where you arrive and say okay but yeah I mean that is going away that's uh you can just look at the world and go there's uh craftsmen and artists and uh true skilled artists anyway long story short is the pleasure of working towards a goal is being replaced with, here's your goal, you can just have it. Right. Welcome back to the Great Dive (laughs) Abacus, everybody.
1: (laughs) Get your counting stones out and uh, tune in. Hopefully, you're listening to this on an
0: analog device, not a (laughs) digital (laughs) digital device. As uh, we're out on our lawn in our sandals and black socks screaming. (laughs)
1: Stretch out your rabbit ear antennas and tune in your AM radio to this week's episode of the Great Live Podcast, everyone.
0: Yeah, well, I think uh, those of us left over from the age before uh, computers and whatnot have taken over so much of our tasks, which have been great. You know, it's a double-edged sword. Those of us still appreciate the joy of working towards something or having skill at something you know i i 'm over here right now sitting in my chair, and we 're recording and you 're at your place but uh, so I had to have my drone out from my buddy he needed uh he has got like a three big old tall house, and he thought a woodpecker was pecking around at the top of his trim and whatnot, so he asked me to take the drone up there, film it for him, take some pictures. I'm, oh yeah! I'm yeah. looking at my drone now because it's sitting out because I was doing that. But I'm thinking, even with the drone, like all the drones now, it's almost automatic. They have all the sensors. They can't crash in anything. They'll fly themselves right back where you want to go. And my drone is an old drone. It's a professional model, but older it has no sensors in it. It's all you fly it kind of thing. So I'm, I was just looking at it and I think about that the other day because this guy was asking me about drones, and I said, well. If you're a purist, and I now when I say I'm a purist, it just means I'm old. I'm just old. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I I enjoy that I fly that drone, that it doesn't crash because I don't crash it. Not because it's got all these sensors in it to keep it from crashing.
1: I like that I can get
0: in any car, and if I have to parallel park, you're good to I go. Do it. <laughs> Exactly. I can get a parking spot, right? And with the stick shift, you know, the anti-theft ma- uh, device right now called the stick shift, a manual, uh, keeps anyone, anyone under 30 years old from stealing it. Although my kid's got a stick shift. He, he wanted to learn, so we got him one. So as we
1: have entered the space age that we're in, yeah. they're like everything – Diving, too, has been, in a way, I would say, plagued with the easy push-button hmm. world mm-hmm. where you don't have to do it. You can have a piece of technology that will do it for you.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, they, they'll say it makes it safer. It makes it more uh, reachable by the common person. And, 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 you know, they're right to a great degree. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Are we... Are we weakening our our species? <laughs> I mean, look at us. Really, look at us.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, is is that being right actually in the long run a disservice? Exactly. And yeah. that's where where I think it is.
0: I do. I think I do it's. Too, it, yeah.
1: I think it's right in the short term mm-hmm. because you can bring more people into it. You can make it easier for just any common person to to get access to that world to get a little bit of education buy a bunch of gear but i think that where the disservice is is if they do if they are one of the few that has that internal bite to Mm -hmm. to live this for their life they're going to hit that limit somewhere where they go ah i've been You know, I've been set up to rely on the technology. I don't really, I've never taken the time to be able to do this myself.
0: Right. And in my humble opinion, they're being robbed of that that experience, that reward that you get from doing it yourself. I mean, they're robbed of it now. And, And you can look at anything, anything nowadays. It's, you know, we're giving up a lot of our, we're giving up our risk. They're like, we're taking away the risk. The risk is the reward. The risk is you know our humanity (laughs) if nothing is dangerous if nothing can cost you everything what's the fucking point
1: yeah i hear you i hear you like i mean if you if you uh are just a common person with no knowledge and you look at a guitar Mm -hmm. with six strings on it uh that makes all these weird noises and, and you can't even conceptualize how the how the sounds are Put together to make music it 's like a thing of voodoo magic sorcery right <laughs> and then and to learn it is like a lifelong quest of you no know, you gotta learn that oh each of these strings has to be tuned to a right. to a different key uh you can put these together to create chordal sounds there's these like scales of music where these notes you know, skip measures in certain syncopation to create a different sound. And, wow, it's like voodoo mastery. Or if somebody handed you a digital one and you just pushed one button and Stairway to Heaven came out yeah. while you were holding it. I get it. Like, like what one are you going to buy when you're the new kid?
0: Yeah, exactly. If you're, uh yeah, it all depends on what kind of work you want to put in. If you have no ambition to work, poof and there and there you'll be. And there we are. <laughs> but but then again, now you've lost the ability to create because you don't know how it works. You just have to accept what what the machine gives you. Yeah, interesting.
1: Space age technology has finally come to the world of sport diving, Brando. Yeah. And and we are presently enjoying a boom. In new equipment, design, and development. Would you say that's relevant for today?
0: Uh, yeah, I would say it's pretty relevant. I, and I would, uh, yeah, the enjoying the boom. Yeah, I mean, again, it's a double-edged sword. So, James Bond, your buddy, has <laughs> nothing, nothing on
1: today's scuba diver. He does fish, fish. money penny. <laughs> for there is a fantastic array of wondrous machines and gadgets available for purchase. The new age of buoyancy compensators and diver propulsion vehicles permit a diver to move in any direction desired with the simple touch of a button or switch. Did you say that's relevant for today? Sure, it's relevant. I mean, that's like right where we are. Yeah. I mean, there's... Countless numbers of uh, new DPVs scooters coming out BCDs are uh, I mean they're engineering all kinds of switches and levers and gadgets on BCDs to to make that arduous task of <laughs> letting a little bit of air out so that they don't rock it to the surface now instead of one little button to push, but you actually you have to know how to manipulate the gas inside the air cell so that physics is working in your favor they're creating these elaborate millions of dollars worth of engineering to have all these have all this crazy design and pneumatics and mechanical pieces and new new parts that need to be built and molded to uh, to do the same thing,
0: yeah. it will come out with the self adjusting BCD and stuff like that. It's just a matter of time before it's "quote unquote" perfected with you know little micro sized sensors all over the place on, the, on this thing to trigger uh, a circuit board that'll operate different inflation and deflation areas of a of a BCD type of that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: That actually that actually sounds brilliant.
0: It is brilliant. I just came up with that. I mean, we could make millions. <laughs> we could make millions off of that. Exactly. we, could make, I think we should Actually, we should James, James, we why could are, make hundreds. Why are br- We could make hundreds off of that. Off why of an initial our... investment of $5 million, we could come away with 500 maybe.
1: <laughs> no, no,
0: no, 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 no. Our investors Net.
1: are going to put in $5 million. <laughs> I, hope We're they, go, I hope they don't hear this podcast. <laughs> Why are our broke
0: asses <laughs> sitting here <laughs> talking about learning how to do this <laughs> yourself we could be making millions Exactly let's take advantage of this uh need to to not work at anything Well listen I know I know what
1: the people are saying right now like like they're they're listening to me and they're going What in the hell is old Jamesy reading like I I've I haven't seen this magazine article. I haven't seen this digital edition of this magazine come through my email, even though I'm subscribed to 10 different feeds on the old Facebook and I've got these email lists coming in about my scuba diving stories come through. Like this is talking like today, but I'm going to give it all away with this next sentence. Okay. Okay computerized depth gauges and automatic decompression metering devices enable a diver to measure his bottom time limit with a simple glance at the dials. These futuristic designs enable a diver to do more work underwater and provide him with greater mobility than ever before. Indeed, we should be proud at the evolution in diving equipment. Which has transpired in the last twenty years?
0: Well, the fact that he said dials, looking at the dials, that throws well when he's it's not looking not at 2020 a 2020 anymore. Yeah, he's, he's not looking at a screen, so <laughs> right, right. Yeah.
1: But it's an interesting point. It is because you and I sitting here in twenty twenty having this discussion, we ourselves. Are are not having this discussion for the first time, no. even on our show, and we and we know this goes way back. And there were purists, like like you you claim to be, and not like <laughs> I claimed. To, uh, they were there have been purists for decades in the scuba yeah. world.
0: Yeah, they're in everything. They're in everything. Thank God, because you you do have to have some balance.
1: Well, even still to this day, I get people that come to me that are active divers some of them you know uh, well logged in their books well logged they have they've done many many sites they've got thousands of dollars in gear invested and travel that they've done and they've done some really cool stuff but like we were saying earlier, they hit a point where they go, I have been letting technology take me the whole time. And they had something occur where they realized they didn't have the innate ability themselves. Yeah. Because they've been letting the equipment fly them instead of them flying the equipment. So they hear about some of the old purest ways like we do things where you can get and develop those skills yourself instead of relying on the push button. Right. There is, however, one serious pitfall to all this rapid evolution. We must not forget the basic building blocks of scuba training and safety, specifically physical conditioning, watermanship, and swimming skills. We must not be lulled into a false sense of security making our lives totally dependent upon the functions of a mindless machine. We must practice the basic rules and skills of scuba diving before proceeding
0: onward to advanced diving and techniques. So there's a a parallel right there, and that was a great way to put it, is uh, we're mindlessly (laughs) relying on a machine. We're becoming more and more mindless just to with everything, everything, and as as the, as the yeah. technology
1: grows, uh, and yeah. particularly with scuba, we do rely more and more and more on that technology. We we learn less and less and less about mm-hmm. our bodies, and we trust more and more and more for that little gauge on your wrist to
0: tell you what to do to get home. Oh yeah. Well pretty soon it'll it'll just be hooked up right into your B C D. It'll be hooked up into probably into you. You'll just link up into the AI kind of thing. And uh there you go. You don't even have to get in the water. You don't even have to get in the water. He doesn't even have to <laughs> ah, get in the com- water. Yeah, your computer will beep at you. <laughs> <laughs> We've come full circle. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Saying the same crap we were saying.
1: But Unfortunately, there is evidence to the contrary. Dive resort operators and many old-time scuba instructors have noticed a surge of mechanical
0: divers in the ranks of recent scuba diver certifications. The mechanical divers. I think that's going to be the name of my musical group. The, uh, the MDA, the Mechanical Divers Association. There you go. With the newest hit single gauges and timers is the only way to go
1: they got that, <laughs> uh, they, got that new, <laughs> they got that new they that new hit song kickstart computer <laughs> kickstart computer there you go graduates fresh from pool class rush out to dive resorts and dive boats with hundreds of dollars of fancy equipment but little ability in the basic swimming skills they place total confidence and dependence upon such devices, but have little or no knowledge in how to cope with an emergency situation brought on by an equipment breakdown. Does that sound familiar at all?
0: Mm, I don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, we're not alone in our observations and in our interpretations of, of the real, you know, what's really going on. So that's good. I-
1: I know the people out there are just saying, like, who published this? Where, where is this? <laughs> who is out on the streets standing on a milk crate at the dive site <laughs> as, a, as, as a makeshift podium selling this story? Let's take a moment to review some of the modern diving conveniences in question and the problems involved.
0: Let's, let's take a moment and get a coffee first, though. Can we do that? All right, deal. Go, go top up. Okay, we ready? Yeah, all my damn people drank all the coffee. Oh, I had to make an instant. Son of, a... keep keep the old instant on hand just in case you need the quick. Folgers crystals. Folgers crystals. That, they're not bad, actually. I like. I'm a Nescafe. Instant person myself, but Uh, instant. That's because you like those George Clooney commercials. You caught me. You caught me. You know me so well. (laughs) Old George Clooney. All right, let's get back to this. Ready? Yeah. So
1: so this was an editorial by Paul Zamoulis that he wrote in the mid-70s.
0: Those were the days. I'm telling you. Did that, he have Saturday Night day. Fever?
1: Oh, you know he did. Yeah, he definitely had the look that he was <laughs> about to put on a leisure suit, <laughs> some platform shoes, and a snorkel. You don't forget the, a, the big gold go necklaces. Make don't forget the gold oh, yeah, necklaces. For sure. Yeah, he he had that look for sure. But But this was a time, a pivotal time in the scuba world where... Technology was catching up with the divers, you know, like going into the 80s
0: where there was that big boom in scuba. I would right. go so far as to say the boom started in the 70s.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, so you know? here he is like right, right midway looking at all this like stuff really to, getting ready to take off. Right. And then, you know, once the 80s hits, it's like, boom, injection molding, everything. are yeah. we're, we're making shit.
0: Well, it was interesting timing when you look at it. you know you can compare it to to the old tech diving where tech divers and cave divers were making their own equipment. they had to make it in their garage. they had to make their wings in their garage they had to make their lighting, their canister lights they made them themselves. Nobody was making that kind of equipment, but divers stepped up and and did it and uh, when you had this combination of People being turned down to scuba diving. And when you look back at it, you're like, the cover of Time magazine is James Bond and scuba gear. And that was 1968. And that started the beginning of the boom, or 69. Anyway, it started the beginning of the boom in the scuba industry. 70s, more and more people were attracted to scuba diving. Of course, it was on TV. You get Jaws. You get, of course, you know, that says that apparently they scared people out of the water. I would say the other way, the deep... Uh, what are some of those great movies that came out in the 70s? BIS. was more, I think, in the 80s. But anyway, people were interested in being underwater. So you have a lot of people going into scuba diving, and the people with money go, let's throw some money there because a lot of people are doing it. And yeah, tech, no doubt about yeah, it.
1: And I have like, no issue with that.
0: I don't have any issue with any of it. I'm uh, I'm more pointing out, like, the interesting – Turn of events, the interesting combination of everything working together to put us where we 're at, you know the the boom of people coming into it the the influence of media onto the scuba industry to the scuba community with different movies and stories, Jacques Cousteau, of course, all of that pushing people into scuba diving or drawing people into scuba diving I shouldn't say pushing, so you have that. The population or the numbers of divers increases, and at the exact same time, we have this advance in technology. Technology just begins to soar. The rate of our I don't know technological innovations. Our computers, our AI, if you will, as we moved into the two thousand tens and ish. So it all comes together to this interesting place that we're at. But Paul Zemoulis he saw that he he recognized that i think a lot of folks did too though but you know he's looking at oh my gosh dive computers are becoming more and more prevalent it's no longer just a, a decompression meter that was at the boundary of scuba technology now they're actually putting electronic circuits underwater and putting in you know plugging in algorithms to track our nitrogen upload and how to get rid of it well they, yeah so they're not only that, was what he saw. And now, if he'd look at, he'd everything. uh,
1: he'd uh, he'd pee his wetsuit if he yes. saw a, 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 an open water class nowadays of every student having a blue, um, a Bluetooth computer, right? That they just they're, they're issued, they get in the water, uh, they they. Look at it to tell them everything they get out of the water and they send it via an app to their phone, and the logging's done, and everything pretty and they, soon. they've never they've never looked at a table they've never looked at the differences of each of the possible depths to even be able to really comprehend what it is that the computer's doing they just they look at the whether the it's flashing green, yellow, or red right and that's that's the extent of their decompression knowledge
0: well yeah that's uh it's interesting you know you bring this up how how that works and again you don't have to take a far stretch until they're pushing for it this isn't a theory this is reality they're pushing for the interconnectivity to be implanted in us so you're no longer carrying a phone to to do all of this stuff it's in you already it's interconnected to your to your you know bioorganically, or whatever, so they're they're pushing that, and you know I read a lot of uh, little articles about quote, what's futurism, which is really a study of what to expect. There's an actual area of study that basically they're trying to determine the future, what things are going to look like, and they all say, you know when you look at connectivity, you have the computer, we remember we have the desktop that started our internet. Uh, ability right and that was something that had to stay at home it wasn't mobile but you could connect to the world then they moved to a laptop so now you could take your desktop with you and connect to the world then they moved to the little uh, like ipads and things like that tablets now it's even smaller it's easy it's more mobile then they moved to Your phone, of course, was always going on in the background. But those phones, basically, those phones are the computer now. Yeah, no doubt about it. As far as interconnectivity. And now you've got your Apple Watches, which is basically even smaller and connected to your arm. It's on you all the time. People even sleep with them. And, again, the next step is it's in you. You don't even think about it. But, um so when you look at that, now how is that going to hit scuba? Well, yeah, just like you said, Bluetooth, underwater, it loads up automatically. Pretty soon you don't even have a hard, an external hard drive. It's in you.
1: You're ascending too fast, Brando. You're ascending too fast. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, it's Westworld. I'm on a goddamn
0: escalator.
1: <laughs> 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 I'm not even in the water right now. What the hell?
0: I don't know. It's interesting times we're living in. I look at it and and just go, what's next?
1: Yeah, yeah. So what what Paul was bringing up back in 1974 was, first off, the purge valve
0: mask. Fucking purge valve and mask. It, that was the beginning of the end right there. The beginning <laughs> of the end, I know.
1: It still drives me crazy. Like I, I get people come in like, wanting a purge valve
0: mask. Just get out of here. <laughs> go. Go to Kmart. Ah, Kmart's not even around. Go, <laughs> go to Costco. You are in a specialty store, sir. You come in here and insult me.
1: <laughs> they look um, cool,
0: though. They look cool. Uh, you know, I disagree. I think they look like pig noses. When I when I look at a, um, you know, like my James Bond Thunderball poster downstairs, there they are with their purge purge valve masks. You know, um, that's a classic mask, and it. It looks cool cuz it looks like it's more complex. Looks like it's very wow. You really need to know how to scuba dive to use one of these.
1: Oh yeah, like I remember this mask had um it was one of the big old rubber masks with a big gl- glass window yeah. in the front and it had these two metal prong pinchers like Coming yes. out of it, that you can, so yeah. you could pinch to squeeze your nose to equalize your ears. What the hell is that you know, go, all about? Going through, <laughs> <laughs> go, like those, those, like I enjoy looking at that old right. crazy cool stuff because it's cool, and you can see the history and the evolution of where we are today. And I understand at a point, you know, in these days where the masks were so big that clearing a mask was a little bit of work, and so the the valve made sense at the time. Uh, but as the, I mean, in 2020, with, with as soft as the silicon skirts are and the masks, the low profileness of the the masks themselves, the internal volume inside of the mask. I mean, I get water in my mask today. I mean, I don't need to go through a big dramatic mask clear like like you learn, you know, originally. I mean, I, I don't. You don't even have to use your hands really to clear water coming into your mask.
0: Yeah. Well, you're exactly right, but that comes with experience and actually practicing and, and working. Oh, being good at oh, it
1: comes with being good at diving. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: exactly. Wait, there's a way. There's a way to get good at diving without just buying a bunch of fancy shit.
0: <laughs> Buy that purge valve mask, man.
1: The purge valve mask was designed to make it more convenient and easier for the scuba diver to exhaust any incoming trickle of water. The advantages are obvious. In design, practically foolproof, but
0: it what happens, happens if you
1: <laughs> <laughs> You look like an idiot? <laughs> you look like an idiot. Which one of you guys does not know what he's doing? Uh, that guy with a purge mask. Purge <laughs> mask, man. That's how my money's going.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: what happens if you break a mast strap while on the dive boat or end up having to borrow a non-purge mask? You would now have to revert to the basic skill of clearing the face mask. This is why every scuba instructor should still teach the basic method of clearing the face mask, even though the student may eventually purchase a face mask
0: with a purge. False. I say right there, false. What we should do is legislate into law. The only mask that will be produced anymore will be purge masks. And you must... You must dive with a purge mask and a snorkel. Oh, wait, we already have that. a dry
1: snorkel. A dry snorkel.
0: Oh, dry snorkel. Oh, they must give us have the freedom a pur- of a wet snorkel versus a dry snorkel.
1: Well, those are the that is the other school, right? Is which which kind of won in the changeover of the millennium? What school was that? The the you must you must use
0: technology. Yes. Versus you you must build the skill yourself. What? Well, uh, Again, this is why the Great Dive Podcast is so relevant, is because our topics, this whole uh, idea where you lose the freedom to choose how you want to do things, the old ways, there's more risk. Like, they're looking out for your safety, and that's why you must do it their way. And you don't have the right to put yourself in jeopardy, at risk, because it. It, uh, it taxes society. It's more work for society. Yeah, that's what they sell it as, right? Yeah.
1: You're, do it, you're doing your part for the greater good of society by having this dive computer, not thinking you can just know how long right. to stay
0: underwater yourself. You, you sound like Karl Marx opened a scuba <laughs> agency. <laughs> it's the MDA, the Mechanical Divers <laughs> Association. <laughs> It's a it's a dystopian scuba agency though. It's it takes the humanity out of it.
1: Well, you know, in in Paul in this piece, you know, he said that, you know, the purge mask was designed to make it easier for the diver to get rid of any little trickle of water. And I would say a little bit the opposite of that. I get what he's going, but I would clean that up decades later saying that most mask clearing is taught In a way to make a huge, dramatic mask clear Hmm. out of a completely flooded mask. Right. And although that you do have to be able to do that, if the instructors would just show how easy it is to just get water out of your mask without making a big deal out of it, without even having to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Touch drop it. everything yeah, reach yeah. up grab your mask lift you could just exhale out of your nose and get At rid of nose. water yeah with or without a purge valve and go right about your
0: business not change your breathing what? and not blow everything all to hell well i think that goes to the old you go through instructor school and you're taught to exaggerate your movements and move very slowly and try to make everything easily seen every every nuance of what you're doing easily discernible you know so that's why the exaggerated crap and you're supposed to partial flood full flood and and remove and replace kind of in that order but
1: well yeah but, uh, yeah but they they go from the partial flood to the full flood so fast yeah because you know and i get it because you got to make sure that the person can completely flood and clear their mask take their mask off and put it back on and clear it that's very important don't get me wrong but at some point you can go back and say
0: it's not that crazy you could yeah. just you got water
1: in your mask like like you get a little bit of water in your mask you don't have to drop down get on your knees fully reflood yeah. it all the way back open and use two hands to lift up and it make this crazy. big dramatic you've got four <laughs> millimeters of water in your mask dude what are you what are you doing
0: Yep, and and I know you've seen newer divers in the quarries on shipwreck dives. Their mask has an issue, and you can see the panic starting. And you you can see. I mean, I've seen them bolt from the mask has some water in it. You know, they like yeah. I can't breathe. Like you know, regulator gets spit out. Everything goes, and they wait. Fly. Wait,
1: doesn't that doesn't that guy have an advanced open water card though? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> he's a
0: dive master. <laughs> he
1: is. He is. I. uh...
0: I'll have you know, him. sir, I am due the respect, or I should be given the respect due a dive master of my qualifications.
1: You can tell by the card in my logbook,
0: <laughs> the chevron on my shoulder, or
1: my purge mask. Use either one <laughs> you would like
0: to discern this. With well, my snorkel, I have "dive master" written down the length of my snorkel. That's to let you know. Just back off. There's another topic for our our little... Why are dive masters given such horrendous treatment? (laughs) Why do we make so much fun of dive masters? Why are they called dive jesters?
1: Because we're instructors and they're not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I was duly made fun of as a dive master, so I'm getting my kicks back in. Well, I think they also have earned the... uh, the, uh, reputation they have also earned the the jokes at their expense <laughs>
1: listen don't mess up the pecking order damn it we all know the pecking order all right let's uh, get back on track here um next up he brought the decompression meter the automatic decompression meter devices presently on the market offer the diver a very easy and convenient way to check his bottom time, and avoid the possibility
0: of the bends. You can't avoid the possibility. You can reduce the
1: possibility. We know that today. I would agree. This kind of instrumentation is an obvious boom to the sport diver, especially when making multi-level excursions and or repetitive dives. It saves the diver lengthy mathematical computations and narrows down the chances of human error in arithmetic, However, he says, instrumentation of this nature is very finely calibrated and susceptible to damage by violent shocks or other diver abuses. Every diver using a decompression meter should have a working knowledge of the no decompression table, standard um, standard Navy decompression table, and the repetitive dive tables. If the instrument is out of calibration or malfunctioning in any way, a knowledgeable diver would sense something is wrong. By keeping track of his time, depth, air consumption, the experienced diver can tell if his meter is performing incorrectly.
0: And that would apply equally to dive computers.
1: Yeah, definitely, right? And he says, you know, by keeping track of his time, depth, and air consumption, to me that means you could have rewritten that by saying, "By learning to scuba dive,
0: <laughs> you can scuba dive more safely." <laughs> yeah,
1: like I mean, who's gonna like who's gonna learn how to um, skateboard without? Having to learn how to
0: balance on a skateboard, on a rolling piece of wood. Well, as technology moves forward and they can – with AI, they can automatically balance it. Anybody can hop on it. An infant could ride it. What the heck? That's where – I mean that's I, – I don't know if you can see the equivalence, the comparison there. But yeah, it's well, just well, – uh, my- yeah, yeah, well, I, my
1: point is, like, I don't think you're going to see that in skateboarding. I don't think you're going to have a uh, an electronic device that's going to allow you to do a kickflip and uh, ride a half dude,
0: dude, I I would beg to differ. I think people look at it and go, I would love to be able to do that. Oh, we have this new computerized board where anybody can do it now. Boom. Right.
1: Snow skiing. Same thing. I mean, are they going to come out with a with a set of snow skis that won't let you crash into the tree? That uh, won't let you go too fast down the hill, uh, just rolling right down the you know sliding right down the fall line. It's going to force you to make the 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 proper you know uh, twenty seven turns per one hundred <laughs> yard of uh, of distance. Whatever I know the hell it is. We're
0: laughing at it, but you know what? It's not that far of a leap. It's it's just not that it's far not, of a leap anymore. Right. So it's you know again you're looking at all of these things that humans do because it gives us some joy and a sense of reward and it it basically is our humanity you know that is you got to get into the really deep question of what's the f- fucking point here what is the buoyancy
1: point? yeah
0: yeah sorry sorry that's no, okay buoyancy gotta, is the we... point buoyancy is of course the point <laughs> uh buoyancy compensator
1: the buoyancy compensator vest is perhaps one of the latest and greatest innovations in sport diving. It enables the diver to regain neutral buoyancy trim at depths in spite of wetsuit squeeze caused by the increased pressure. It also enables a diver to ascend easily and comfortably while carrying great loads of camera equipment, lobster, abalone, or other precious cargo. But... As with other sophisticated diving devices, the buoyancy compensator can be damaged, punctured, or otherwise rendered useless. It is during emergency situations such as this that the scuba diver must, rev- must revert back to basic swimming skills and muscle strength in order to return from the depths safely. A diver's leg muscles are still one of the greatest assets he possesses.
0: I would agree, and again, yeah, if you go back to basic scuba diving and, say, proper weighting would allow you to swim up your rig in the event of a complete buoyancy compensator failure.
1: Yeah, no th- kidding, right? And, and that's something that we've been focusing on for the last 20 years that was even, you know, uh, something that came after the way of thinking from the 1970s right Right. um everybody was overweighted for the most part you know because they were all using wetsuits you know dry suits were kind of just coming into the into the game really for as far as mass use but the value of proper weighting and diving a completely balanced rig negates of a lot of the need of, of where he was with this that led to this is why you need to dive Two BCDs. Yeah. you need a hundred pounds of lift out of a BCD. Redundant
0: bladders, etc.
1: Which we, you know, later
0: would fix with just proper weighting. Proper weighting, a balanced rig. Um, it, you know, you have to break down the concept and and apply it. So yeah.
1: Now this is this one's gonna strike a nerve with you.
0: Oh, here we I go! I know,
1: I know, the, I know you. <laughs> love pulling that trigger
0: <laughs> instead of uh, you know uh, swimming. I love swimming. What do you? T- I love swimming. DPVs, scuba scooters, or tow subs can be
1: a delight and a thrill for the reef explorer. He can glide effortlessly over miles of ocean bottom while viewing a wide expanse of the reef environment. It would appear to make swimming a thing of the past. But what happens when the DPV's battery goes dead in the midst of a dive? Or or what happens if the tow sub starts leaking water and sinking? Such a crisis often demands every ounce of strength and water skill possible. Becoming stranded one half mile offshore with a dead battery is certainly going to require a good bit of endurance and strength for a safe return. He says.
0: Yeah, I would even go further and say planning and and uh, training. Actually, planning for the failure and knowing how to, you know, make it without the whole thing of working underwater. I still go. You know, we can't do that again. Plan for the failure. Have a a a system or protocol in place that you've practiced. For example, your scooter floods. Now, basically, it's negative. It's super negative at that point because now – you've lost, you've lost all that air inside of it right. to, keep, to balance out the weight, yeah. Right. So do you, have a, do you have a marker bag? Do you have a lift bag on you to, to tie to that thing? So, well, is
1: this not the point of what we constantly say is there's nothing wrong with technology assuming that you still have the knowledge mm-hmm. to go without it and i think that's the the failure that the the industry is giving us time and time again that results in a change of education standards is it it negates the knowledge rather than supporting The knowledge, right? The technology comes in, and we go, "Oh well, shit, we don't have to do this anymore. We can just rely on the new computer. We can rely on the uh, the uh, the 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 DPV to take us a half mile offshore instead of doing the training, like you're saying. Of yeah, we're going to use this." wonderful piece of technology and equipment but we always have to have in our mind the assumption that it's all going to go to shit at some point and we're going to be required to rely on our own natural ability to get us home from every dive agree you enter if you and that's how you teach that's how i teach right right no matter what you're using you still have to make the assumption That we're going to lose it all, and we got to still rely on us at the end of the day. And if that doesn't happen, that's a bonus, not the other way around. Which is what it's being sold to the people on is you don't have to work anymore; you just have to buy the top end stuff.
0: And I think that's where the fall is. Oh yeah, well that's where marketers come in, and that's where you know Bill Hicks said, you know, if you're in marketing, just kill yourself because you have no soul. You are evil. (laughs) You are the devil incarnate. But uh... <laughs> still, go ahead. He
1: says, he says, still, another more serious problem with DPVs is the possibility of far too rapid descents or ascents with these machines. A rapid descent can often result in a bad ear squeeze or sinus squeeze since the operator is compelled to hold both hands on the machine. And since it takes a few seconds to turn the machine... The damage is very often done before the operator realizes his dilemma. Traveling in the other direction, a diver must be extremely careful to control his rate of climb and remember to exhale during the maneuver or a possible embolism could occur. And again, that's going to be just a matter of being properly Mm -hmm. trained in the
0: equipment. Because that, I mean that stuff still exists, and it's definitely an issue. Well, it's even more so with these scooters today. I know this. You know what he's talking about are those are nothing compared to what we have today.
1: The yeah the, the the speed of the speed and the power
0: of a, of a scooter, like a real expiration level scooter today, is insanity. Yeah, it's awesomeness. It's awesomeness, but you do have to learn how to use it. That's you know that's where you see people who have more more money than sense. They'll just go buy that, not receive any real training, and you know look at a video and say, "Okay, I got this
1: right, until something goes wrong with it,
0: and then they realize, oh i've
1: all I've been doing is relying on this tech. I stopped even wearing
0: fins on the dive because <laughs> this scooter's so awesome. I't do ever <laughs> now, now I'm half a mile from, now I'm half a mile from shore. Like, have, you, have you ever tried a scooter without fins? It's not easy. It's uh, not easy. Uh, they they lend themselves so much to the balance on uh, a yeah, scooter. Right. I thought, it, yeah, just take, you know, that was where just pulling a a, a lang came from. He was trying right. to scooter without fins, just so he didn't have to take them off in that rocky surf. But it was a disaster. <laughs> right, right.
1: Constant volume suits,
0: aka dry suit.
1: The advent of such marvelous diving apparel as the uni suit, the Viking suit, and the O'Neill supersuit has made extreme cold water diving feasible and also quite comfortable. Again, we must caution that such equipment is not intended for the novice, but rather for the experienced diver who is now preparing to embark on cold deep water dives. One of the greatest dangers in utilizing this type of equipment is a puncture or rip while submerged. Such an accident can cause the suit to fill with water and become excessively heavy, thus causing a buoyancy problem. Mm. Go ahead. Go
0: ahead. I was just going to say water in your dry suit is neutral. Agreed. You still should be neutral. I mean, if you get out on the deck of the boat with water in your suit. That's going to suck. But... Water yeah, and yeah. water but, is pretty neutral. Correct.
1: <laughs> so that that was a misunderstanding yeah. uh, back then. No yeah. doubt about it. He says, having a buoyancy compensator vest for just such emergencies is one way of resolving the problem. Right? So keep in mind, like, back in these yes. days, a lot of people thought, if I've got the dry suit, I no longer need to have a buoyancy compensator mm-hmm.
0: anymore. And there's still people out there that... And there were still people, like, that not way. even, like
1: buoyancy compensators weren't on every diver even at the
0: right right
1: so it's it's a little dated there but however he says accidents of this nature are going to require all of the cool headedness and skill which comes with only years of diving experience i think that is what's relevant in that paragraph there right right he says no Yeah, he says, the the question here is not whether the diving gear described is safe or not. Obviously, this equipment is designed and manufactured as safely as humanly possible. But when dealing with an environment as harsh as and unpredictable as the ocean, anything is possible. And to quote Brando from the Great Dive podcast... (laughs) Murphy's Law, if anything can go wrong, it will.
0: At the worst possible moment. That's the, the other end of that. But did he quote did Paul use old Murphy? Yeah, yes, so he did. We'll see, there you go, Tom. <laughs> yeah, quit making fun of Brandon at the Zoom <laughs> yeah, parties, Tom. Yeah, with old Murphy.
1: And I think this is
0: definitely
1: where you and I keep coming back to is, There's no problem with the fancy new gadget. Mm -hmm. The problem is never developing the personal skill beforehand so that you can handle the situation without the need for the gadget. Agreed. Right. Isn't that the, the, the basis of where we're going?
0: That's always where we're at, the, the idea that you can just not teach understanding of the dive tables, not teach proper buoyancy control, not teach proper propulsion or awareness, and just let technology do it for you. Yeah, that, right. That, that's insanity. Uh, again, <laughs> where, what is the point of diving if, you're, if you are just letting the technology do it for you? Yeah, there's a difference between
1: diving with a compass, right? A, a piece of equipment that still requires you to understand the workings of the compass and and how to actually navigate. Yeah. Versus, you know, uh, the the push button beacon that's going to actually be built into every uh, <laughs> yeah. right yeah. into every dive computer or mask or, or fins, right? A right. push button. That your fins just automatically start kicking you back to uh, the the
0: boat. Or the reliance on Google Maps, Jamesy. It's, uh, you know, or whatever, your GPS. People don't know how to read a map and follow a map anymore. They just listen to what old Siri or whoever is, Google person, whatever, is telling them, turn right in 300 yards. You know, have you ever been misled by one of your Direct Direction givers, whatever they call Oh, it. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, navigation systems. Oh, yeah, I, I have, am, like, all the time going, what the fuck are you doing? Why did you take I me did, over here? <laughs> you know? I did,
1: uh, I was down at my dad's place down in Florida a few years back and went for a run. Got my phone, <laughs> got my phone yeah. in my pocket. I'm like, because he's just on those weird right. northern Florida roads, you know? Right. So I was like, ah, oh, you know Google Maps, you know, pops up, and, well, I took, went for a run, I, you know, I feel that point of I'm going to turn and kind of find my way back. <laughs> Shit, I didn't have a signal. <laughs> I didn't have a signal. <laughs> it like, was so, so first no, of off, was like, f- Son <laughs> of a. Right, so then I start going, I'm running, uh-huh. and I finally get a signal, and I'm like, oh, because uh, now I've, like, gone way further than I was thinking I was going to. Right. am like, oh, I can cut down this street here. It'll get me back around, like to where I'm going. No, it dead ends into like a <laughs> huge, like horse farm field. You know, like I hit this wire fence. I'm like, oh, this is not good, not good. And I had to go all the way back uh-huh. around. And...
0: Damn technology! Damn technology! Oh wow, it's made us weak too. I mean, right? I just want you to think like you never paid attention to a lot of the. The surroundings, the direction of travel. You didn't think about that because you're like, oh, I'll just use my phone. Right, uh, right. I mean, you talk to a 20 something year old kid, ask them to pull out a map and get their phone automatically. They they can't do it. They can't do it. Yeah, use direct. Luckily, luckily my awareness
1: of my surroundings is what ultimately got me home, you know. Whereas I can see a lot of people, that's it. Like you drive from point A to point B, now let's go back home. You got to put the the directions back into the right. device to get oh, you yeah. home. Cause I, just,
0: I found yeah. myself doing the same thing. So we're uh, definitely sounding like a couple of old codgers right now, though. Yeah, but I think we have a point. I think we have a, a pretty darn good point. Is <laughs> what you know, relying on technology to that point has made us very weak and stupid. It's a weakness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Currently, the problem is whether a novice diver should be allowed or encouraged to purchase advanced diving equipment. We must make a distinction between basic diving skills and advanced diving skills. We must also make it very clear that a novice cannot become an expert overnight by simply purchasing expensive advanced scuba equipment. You cannot buy your way to the top in this sport, Paul says. False, false, false. <laughs> little did he know. Little did he know.
0: <laughs> I've talked to those people that have bought their way to the top. I'm not saying they're not diving, uh, you know, a lot. And they're not doing cool dives. They are, but they've basically bought equipment. And when you, uh, actually see them diving he, i my eyes are bug-eyed and i'm wondering well yeah because how, it,
1: you yeah you can take your open water class you can right from there you know you can buy the top of the line computer you can buy a rebreather
0: i was going to say i'm talking about I, some breather I, yeah. divers mostly yeah uh, because they'll go and they'll take the breather class and then You know, they're they're diving two to three hundred feet, four hundred feet, and when you watch them underwater, you think they're they're a little bit scary.
1: It takes literally years of water work and diving experience to develop the skills and judgment necessary for safely operating such devices. The moment of truth comes in time of emergency when the diver must draw on all of his past experience to cope with the situation if you've picked up and purchased the technology to send you immediately to two and three hundred feet of water, but you've got zero real experience in less than a hundred right because you've just went from I got my basics done so that I can get my card so I can immediately go do the trophy dives that I want to (laughs) do yeah you're a hundred percent reliant on that technology to get you home
0: oh yeah when it shits the bed on you and you don't have any experience to draw upon to get yourself home you're going to be in a world of hurt
1: so whose whose job is it to convey that knowledge to the new guy
0: Well, you can talk to your blue in the face and some people will never get it. They, they're used to getting what they want. So they'll, they'll, you know, appear to listen to you, but then they'll just do their own thing. So that's, that's just the nature of humans too
1: yeah and being that we're in this space age world of of the internet yeah you can literally reach into your pocket and conceivably get all the information that you think you need yes and and purchase whatever device you think is going to best suit you to get to the goal that you want regardless of what you just listened to brando say
0: yeah (laughs) exactly I mean, uh, it, it, you know, nobody's gonna. Nobody
1: wants to listen to him in his sweater, <laughs> sweater, his sweater, and his glasses, oh, in his man. cup of coffee. <laughs> you got that right. Well, Paul says it is up to the scuba instructor to emphasize the need for basic training and continued physical conditioning as the primary safety backup for emergency situations. It is also up to the instructor to encourage their students to stick with the basic equipment until they have completely mastered all of the scuba skills involved. It is up to the dive shop owners and manufacturers to promote and sell their products with a conscience. A newcomer to this sport should not be piled high with fancy advanced equipment before he can even swim a quarter mile with the simplest of snorkel gear. And a purge mask. And a purge mask. A dry snorkel. <laughs> Paul says don't let push button diving become push button disaster.
0: Yeah, and and again that is definitely one way things can go and can go into disaster. This is where I like to twist it a little bit is the idea that it can go to disaster, that there is risk, that's what we enjoy. That's what gives it value. So as technology improves and they take all risk out of everything we do, you're going to say, well, what's the fucking point? <laughs> there, yeah, right, right. You know, everybody and their grandma My 90-year-old grandmother is is out scuba diving a 300-foot reef now. Bec- a reef, 300-foot wreck. What well okay. If if everybody can do it, nobody wants to do it. You know? Yeah, yeah. And and not to mention you, you have the conversation with somebody about
1: being able to fly that machine home in the event of complete failure, mm-hmm. and the general response is, well, it's not gonna fail. That's why I'm getting the good one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, it won't fail. You know, it's not even a failure so much as, I mean, I've seen people versed in scooters have issues with scooters. It's in the environment. It's inside something. The trigger catches. I guess that is kind of a failure when the trigger sticks on. And, and yeah, and, I mean, that's and yeah.
1: that's that's a that's basically what I mean. I mean, that mm-hmm. is a failure. Like um, a mask strap breaks mid dive. A uh, uh, a buckle goes, a, a a lens, you know, frame, you know, mm-hmm. finally gives way. And you know, if if you've got that really fancy dual purge mask, right, <laughs> because uh you you need it to be easy to clear, and then you find yourself at a point with no mask and you're a hundred feet from the surface, what are you gonna do? When, when you've never really built the the comfort and the training and the skill to to be underwater breathing for an extended period of time with no mask.
0: Yeah, what are, you, are you
1: Well, one school of thought is going to B get the push button mask that never floods. I got <laughs> this. There's a there's there's four sensors in it uh-huh. that are gonna keep it from letting water. As soon as the water goes on, they engineered this really awesome pump that shoots the water out automatically. Yeah. I mean, there's that school, or or the old the old way of like what Paul said is. No, how how about you, before you get into advanced diving and advanced equipment, you become very proficient and, and able to handle all those basic problems in basic gear. And then your dry snorkel is a nice little feature, right? But you know that you can clear a snorkel, right? You're good at snorkeling, you're good at hold diving, you're good at making a surface dive and you can clear the snorkel out, is is different than be given, been, being given a dry snorkel as the only snorkel you've ever used. And you're going to freak out as soon as you're on the surface without one and water comes in the top of it.
0: Right. And also, just, just to add on to this, is that sometimes these little uh, conveniences, these technological conveniences that are supposed to make things better actually end up being something that makes it worse in the sense of, you know, they fail. Like on the purge mask. The purge is supposed to make it so it's easier to clear, but the little valve inside is fucked up. Till it sticks. It sticks. So it floods all, it's constantly leaking all the time. Or your dry snorkel. Supposed to be there, you know, the little device at the end or at underneath the uh, the mouthpiece area. That's there to make it easier to clear, but it 's not working right, so it keeps it it 's always wet it 's always a little wet uh, they didn't put that part in the advertisement no they don't they don 't usually it's <laughs> uh it's not very good for sales
1: <laughs> Well, all right, everybody. what kind of push button diving devices are you using? Do you think Brando and I are just a bunch of grumpy old men <laughs> standing on our Front yards with hose in hand, watering the grass, shooting the hose at kids riding by on their scooters and bicycles and skateboards. We
0: we are the problem. Actually, we are. (laughs) We are.
1: We're talking about scuba diving here. Damn it. Okay.
0: All right. Well, that was a good one, James. Uh, Again, another good one.
1: Yeah, fun stuff. Um, All right, everybody. Well. Should we sign logbooks?
0: Sure. Hold on. Let me get my uh, electronic computerized pen and automatically sign. Go ahead, Pen. Sign Jamesy's logbook. Beep, 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 beep,
1: beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I, uh, I just uh, Bluetoothed over uh, my signature <laughs> and, uh, and dive log to Excellent. you. So
0: we should be good to go.
1: All right, everybody. We'll see you next week for more Futurism Scuba.
0: Hey, pretty soon we'll be able to Skype dive together. It's just a matter of time. Hey, is that cool Skype diving? Skyping, Skype-a-diving, it's going to be called. Skyving. Skype. All right, brother. All right. Safe diving.